0: L Fanboy, episode 49. everybody mario francisco robles mfr here with you and this is the 49th edition of the Elf fanboy podcast and beyond that it's actually exactly the one year anniversary of this show that's why i'm actually dropping this episode as a special surprise a couple days early because today is the day In fact, at pretty much this exact time, exactly one year ago, I was sitting in front of a mic and pressing record and just seeing what would happen, and episode one was created. Um, And similar to that, in order to honor that, I'm going to do this the same way I did that one. There's no script. I have no notes. I have nothing prepared here. Just like I did back then, I sat in front of the mic and I just kind of spoke to you from the heart. Uh, So this is going to be, you know, perhaps a slightly, um, I don't know, unconventional episode of the show. It might be very long. It might be very short. I'm honestly not certain what is going to happen today, but I felt the need to do this because this is the one year anniversary and this year has been very special for me. Uh, This year... You know, I, I basically discovered a new dream. You know, I'm basically living a new dream right now. And I owe it all to you guys. I owe it all to you listening. I owe it all to your support. I owe it all to your empowerment of my voice and the fact that you guys seem to give a damn what I have to say because, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I When I got fired... Um, I was just sort of like, it, it got, it pulled the rug right out from under me. And yes, I know, you know, I, I had been thinking about quitting because I was feeling burnt out, but you know, I'd come to rely on this stuff. I, I was enjoying having a platform and and writing about these films that I love and these actors I admire and these creators who I want to be one day. And to have that platform suddenly pulled out from under me was very, you know, it was it was crushing and... I remember that night, like, it came to me instantly. I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck these people, all right? You know, they're going to cut me off of of this without any explanation, and they're going to basically kick me out of the Lost Fanboys podcast, which, by the way, I named that show. That name, Lost Fanboys with the Spanglish angle and the whole thing, that was me. And so the very next day, which is today now, Uh, I was like, well, if I can't do Lost Fanboys, and they've basically stolen that from me, uh, then I'm going to be L Fanboy. And I went and I created a logo and I got an account on SoundCloud and I downloaded software that I would need to edit a podcast and all that. And I just said, fuck it, here we go. And, um, you know, I I, I was winging it, just like I'm going to wing it today, and I remember not really knowing where this was going to go, if it was going to go anywhere even. If if you'll recall, in episode one, I was talking about, you know, we're going to take this week by week. I I don't know if this is going to be something that I do, but then, you know... The, the, the reviews started pouring in, the support on Twitter started to pour in, the numbers for the, you know, the, the download episodes for, a, for my show, which wasn't even connected to a site or anything at the time, were like really, really strong, and I just, you know, here we are, it's, we, it's, and it's been quite a year, you know, in, in the past year, I've gotten to interview people who I truly respect and admire, like Mark Miller. I've gotten to organize events like the Justice League Watch Party where I got to meet some local New York area listeners and supporters and and get to actually see Justice League with them and go out afterward for drinks and talk about the movie and kind of have like an in-person fan summit, which by the way, that was one of the things that inspired me to do this. This little community that's come together around this show and around this around the stuff that I've been writing and my scoops and all this sort of stuff on Twitter, this little community that has risen since November, since around the time of Justice League, is why in early December I started really just thinking, like, I should launch a site. I should take this to the next level, you know? And that's when I reached out to John, and it was kind of perfect, too, because he was talking about wanting to collaborate with me and it happened at just around the same time that I was saying I would I want to start a site. So I was like, hey, let's let's actually, let's do this then. You know, you want to collaborate. There's certain things that you're great at that I'm not. There's certain things that I'm pretty good at that you don't have time to worry about. So why don't we balance each other out? Let's be the yin and yang and let's start a site. And, you know, it, what a wild ride this has been. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. Um, you know, the site is going to celebrate one month tomorrow, and you know, we're on pace to have a little upwards of 21,000 visitors in just the first month. Um, kind of unbelievable. So, you know, I'm always sort of, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too, like, heavy on you here, but I've always been someone who just kind of thinks who would care what I have to say? You know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't hold my own voice in much esteem. For me, this is just me speaking naturally from the heart. This is, These are conversations I would have, you know, in cars with my friends after seeing movies. These rants that I go on with you guys, these observations that I make, these are things that just, you know, to me, this is just me. This is me being me talking to my friends, And the fact that for whatever reason, what I'm doing is connecting with you guys and people are coming to the site and they're reading and they're sharing and they're commenting and you guys seem to be connecting with me on a personal level, even though we're not actually in person, is just sort of flabbergasting for me. Um, And in an odd way, it, it almost kind of feels like in certain ways, my entire life, has built up towards creating this, towards this sort of movement that's going on. I don't mean that, like, RTF and this show is my entire life, of course. I'm not going to go and, you know, totally exaggerate and turn this into a Hallmark card. But, you know, it, it, so many different things have come together for my different walks of life um, that, that, that really rounds out this community. So I'm going to shed some light on some of that. Like, you know, when I when I was making the Elfanboy podcast on day one... Exactly a year ago at this time, you know, it was all just by the seat of my pants and the Elf Fanboy theme song, which is still the one that I use even to this day, was one that my friend Brett Miro, who is now my co-host on the Revengers podcast, he had sent me that for Lost Fanboys uh, the, the, the previous year. I had asked him because I knew he was, you know, a good writer of, of music and a composer. I said, hey, can you write us a theme song? And for whatever reason, you know, he sent me that song and Jammer and Kelvin just said, eh, maybe not, or maybe if he tweaks this or blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of stayed in, in, in my inbox and we never did anything with it. And then when I was launching this show, I'm like, well, I need a theme song. And I dug it up, and I listened to it, and I'm like, no, you know what? This is pretty awesome. And my friend Brett, who I've known for 10 years, wrote this for me. I couldn't think of a more fitting way to incorporate his song and use it as the official El Fanboy theme song. And along the way, all these other different aspects of of different walks of life started coming together for me. Like, for example, on Revenge of the Fans... You know, a couple of these contributors that you see, they're from, like, my life. Like, Rob Marrera, he was my best man. You know, and he was on this show, like, about a month and a half ago, if you guys heard us. We had a nice, long-form conversation about Star Wars and this and that. But now, he contributes his talents free of charge on a voluntary basis towards this site because he believes in it and this is a man who I've always thought of as a brother you know I don't have any brothers or sisters and Rob is my guy he's my brother from another mother and he's my he's my soul sibling so to have him contributing my friend uh, Michael Powell who writes for us on occasion and, and has written for he used to write for the Splash Report from time to time I've known him since second grade he is my oldest friend We have been friends, let's see, I was probably seven and now I'm 34, so what is that? 27 years, we've been friends, it's unbelievable, you know, and I asked him if he would do it and he just, you know, he's a very busy guy and he said, yes, absolutely, in a heartbeat. Brandon Alvarado, who writes those beautiful, you know, struck by lightning and those different flash think pieces that he's come up with, Brandon is my baby cousin, and I call him a baby, but he's like 30-something. But he's my little primito. You know, I grew up having these kinds of conversations with him from the time I was a little boy. You know, when I started going to visit him in Puerto Rico when I was like 8 or 9 and he was like 5. You know, we, we developed this huge, deep bond that, that, that with the backbone of it was what geeks we were. It was him fighting with me so he could play with my Game Boy, even though I was still in the middle of Tetris and I was trying to get up to the highest levels. It was him trying to play my Sega Genesis games, even though when he was player two, he always slowed me down because, you know, he was six and I was nine. Um, You know, we developed a very close bond over the years because we're both geeks and we're both passionate. And when I asked him at Christmas we were at our family Christmas gathering. I said, hey, Brandon, listen, I'm launching a site in a couple weeks, and I would love it if we could bring some of that articulate, passionate mayhem in your mind to the site. And here's another guy with a full-time job. He lives in Florida. He was just in town visiting at, you know, for Christmas. He's married. He's got a million different things going on, but he said yes in a heartbeat, and his contribution so far have been wonderful for the site and you know Brett and Vanessa you know I went to college with Brett Vanessa and I is one of these things where we have a bunch of mutual friends but we never really got to know each other until I put the revengers together and it's like it's just this weird you know this whole venture has been this amazing combination of combining the different walks of my life be it friends be it family along with some of the amazing creative collaborators that I've had a chance to to get to know through my time at LRN, through my time running this podcast, through my, you know, the the fact that I finally, after several years, started embracing Twitter last year, and now that's become a huge way in which I get to communicate with people. And it's just wild to me to have all of this sort of come together to make this site Um You know, this is not a solo venture, and and, and that's one of the reasons I'm going into this because, you know, a lot of times I'm the one out there with the pom-poms. I'm kind of like the face of the site, but this is a community effort. This is a lot of people pouring a lot of love and passion into this, Um, and I have to make a special shout-out to Aaron Verola. I mean, Aaron, you've been there with me since day one. You listened to the first episode, and you tweeted your support towards me. And, you know, we've had some amazing conversations on Twitter. I've had you on the show a couple of times now. When I met you at Justice League, I was starstruck, even though, you know, I was the one who organized it and it was a way for you guys to meet me. When I saw you, you remember what I said? I'm like, it's Aaron fucking Verola. You know, because, you know, I, I love your voice, and I love your enthusiasm, and I love what you've, what you've brought to this El Fanboy movement that's been slowly growing, and that's why I told you on last week's show, you know, mi casa es su casa. You are a contributor here now, so anytime you want to contribute a column or a vlog or whatever, you know, you've got a platform here because you helped build this for me. You may not realize it, but you and Tavo and Chris Lissanti and and Nathan Lee Ivey and Dan Barley and all these different people who've been part of the regular cast of characters, um, you are why any of this exists. So anything I could do to help promote your voices, please let me know. Um, So let's see, what do we even talk about? I don't even know. You know, I, I just did The Revengers on Monday night, so we've covered a lot of the news. And besides, The Revengers is the news segment now. So guys, if you have not yet checked out The Revengers, you really should. You know, the, it's the, we, we're developing a very nice chemistry, a very nice rapport. The show is growing and evolving, and we're always open to notes and suggestions. You know, we're only four episodes in. So the, ba- the show is a baby. It's in its infancy. So anything that you feel is lacking, anything that you would like to see us do on the show, by all means, let us know. Let us know how we can make the show better for you. But I really do want to you take this moment here to encourage you to do that because I am, you know, turning El Fanboy into something different. You know, El Fanboy is really just going to become something like this. You know, it's going to, it's going to be my, my personal ranting spot. But all of my box office analysis, all of my rundown of the week's top stories, all that sort of stuff, that still will be housed entirely in the Revengers podcast. So please go and and, and subscribe and and send some reviews over that way because I'm very proud of that show and the way it's coming together. And I, I want that to become something special. That is the flagship show for Revenge of the Fans. So, you know, please show it some love, all right? And, and you know, speaking of love, like, I feel like, you know, this episode, I guess, is going to just sort of become a love letter to you guys and to Revenge of the Fans and what a labor of love this entire thing is. So, you should probably have a drinking game for the number of times love is said today because I'm just sort of overflowing with it. So, I'm, I'm not going to get too sappy and make you roll your eyes and then throw your phone away so you don't have to hear this sappy crap anymore. But, you know, my, my, my wife looks at me a l- like I'm a little bit crazy because this is a full-time job and I'm basically doing it for free. You know, when I was doing just the podcast, you know, it, it took maybe three or four hours a week to put together. Um, now, with Revenge of the Fans, I mean, we're talking, I'm doing like six or seven hour days every day. So you add that up and I'm basically, you know, doing a full-time job and I'm not getting paid You know anything for it? You know I have the Patreon supporters, and you guys are fucking amazing. I, pardon my French, but you guys are amazing. Um, but you know the 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 site itself is 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 still not generating any revenue. So both you know myself, the writers, everyone, we're all contributing this stuff completely just out of our own you know out of our own uh, out of our own hearts, out of our own brains, and you know obviously. I would love it if this thing becomes, uh, you know, people ask me, you know, what is your goal for the site? My goal for the site is for it to be everything. You know, maybe I'm just thinking too big, but I eventually want to get this thing to be your one-stop shop. You know, you can get your news, you can get your analysis, you can get amazing video essays to watch and and, and that get your mind going. I want to be able to shine spotlights on, on the works that fans are creating. You know, if you're working on an indie film, if you've got a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe, I want to help be a platform to help bring eyeballs to your projects. I want this place to be where, you know, where we're interviewing amazing actors and writers and creators. I, I want this site to be a place that is for the people, by the people, where you feel like it's a community. I almost want I almost want Revenge of the fans to be like like a Facebook just for geeks. You know I want to develop it into almost like a social media platform where you get your RTF account and you know that this is a place where this is your sounding board to post your latest, ideas or questions or rants about something you watched or something you're hoping for and to have a bunch of like-minded people come and, and like and share and comment and be a part of that conversation with you. you know I really see the sky is the limit with this baby. so it's funny even with like the 35 hours a week I pour into it outside of my main job, you know I always feel like I'm like I'm letting you guys down. I always feel like there's not enough content, you know, I want there to be more, I want this to be bigger, I don't just want to be just any other fanboy blog. You know, I, I we have all these ideas, I want to get the, uh, the Wall of Vengeance going, which is going to be a section specifically for you guys, for the Revengers, to be able to showcase your vlogs and your submitted works, so people can go and click and see the voice of the people in one concise place. Um, I have all these different ideas and I don't have the time to do it because, you know, it's all very time consuming and we're still getting everything going. We're still getting this train out of the station in terms of coming up with the workload, coming up with the flow of things, coming up with who does what. Because right now, like I'm wearing like 70 different hats and ultimately I want to be able to focus exclusively On original content. I wanna focus exclusively on giving, you know, on creating video essays and and passionate think pieces and weekly features on the site that people look forward to and and can sort of build their schedules around, like, oh, it's Wednesday, so that thing is gonna happen today. Like, I wanna focus on using all of my creative know-how to give you guys original content that'll completely, you know, blow this thing away and and, and make it bigger and, and more um, thought-provoking than any other place you can go to. But right now it's hard to do that because, you know, it's... I, I got to try to make sure that we get at least 10 posts up a day and I got to edit them all and I got to assign them all and I got to be doing all the networking with the studios and the marketing agencies and trying to get them to put, put us on their distribution lists and, and invite us to screenings and junkets and all that sort of stuff. You know, right now it's, it, it's such a labor intensive thing that I don't have time to really go into the creative aspect of things. Right now it's all just getting the nuts and bolts together. But you know, ultimately, I really I think this thing could be very special. And what's encouraging to me, that I don't really talk about, is I get emails from people from time to time. I've gotten like three or four emails in just the last two weeks from people who don't necessarily speak with me on Twitter, who are actually contacting me through that way, just to send me these long, effusive emails about a, I love the site. B, I believe in what you're doing, and C, how can I help contribute, and it's like, wow, you know, when I see that stuff, you know, it, it it helps a lot, because remember, I keep thinking I'm selling you guys short, I keep thinking, all right, we came in hot, I have these passionate followers, but what am I doing to set this thing apart, am I doing enough and then I get these emails, and I'm like, I actually I hand the phone over to my wife, and I'm like, you have to read this, and I, you know, I can't believe it. Um, and an example of how I feel like I'm letting you down is, you know, I, I feel like Black Panthers happening, right? Black Panthers opening on Friday. It looks like it's going to become this big cultural event. It looks very exciting and ambitious, and 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 it's this thing. But since I don't really know the character that well, and I have no built-in knowledge or fandom or anything for it. I feel like I've let you down in terms of Black Panther content, you know, and that's nothing you know, That I, I want to make it clear that has nothing to do with the movie itself. I have no negative opinion of it. I'm, I'm excited for it, but I just can't speak to it from a place of, of personal perspective. So, you know, like... When you think about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, I, I had a lot of stuff going on. I had you know, YouTube content d- dedicated to it. I had podcasts and guests dedicated to it for Justice League. I mean, I, it was the full court press. I pull, I I put out a piece of content every single day that week. I was marathoning DCU movies leading up to it and posting video and podcast reviews for them. You know, so the the drop off though for Black Panther is like dramatic. I haven't really done anything special to commemorate this movie. And I feel bad about it, but it's just I'm I don't know, I don't have that built-in Black Panther know-how. And that's the type of thing where, you know, I want revenge of the fans to eventually have such a wide roster of contributors that I'm like, all right, you know, which one of you loves Black Panther? And however many people raise their hand, I go, all right, you guys are my Black Panther team. I want you to create You know, you make a video essay, you make a special podcast episode, you make uh, a written column about all the different things people should know leading up to seeing the movie, and you do, uh, you know, I I just, I want to have a a staff of of experts of diverse opinions so that the site doesn't merely reflect what I'm into. Because I feel like Black Panther is this big seismic moment, and I feel like Revenge of the Fans is somewhat missing it so far. And if you feel that way, you know, I'm sorry if I've let you down at all. If you're excited about Black Panther, that's amazing, and I hope you are. And I I just, I'm sorry if uh, I haven't, you know, fueled that Black Panther love at all enough on the site um, I'm just, you know, I, uh, I'm limited, I'm limited in what I know about the property. And, you know, for me, if I don't feel passionate about it, I'm not going to half-ass it. You guys should know that about me by now. I operate based on passion. I have this Latino fuego. I have this fire in me that, you know, I always try to come at things from, from the heart. And if I don't feel it, if I don't know anything about it, I'm not going to pretend, and black panther as cool as it looks and as amazing as i hope it will be i just you know there's nothing there for me right now aside from enjoying it as an outsider i don't feel like an insider when it comes to that property and while we're winging it while we're winging it i was just notified of something that gives that gives me so much pleasure and this is like perfect timing for what we were what i was just talking to you about Jeremy Adams is one of the writers of the Lego DC superheroes The Flash movie, which just came out yesterday, okay? And Brandon wrote a review for it, a very nice, thoughtful, interesting review. I always like, I like his perspective, so that, you know, so anyway. uh, We posted the review, and when I tweeted it out, I made sure to, to tag the writers of the movie in it. I just thought it would be interesting for them to see what he had to say. Well, uh, it kind of went a little better than that. Jeremy Adams, one of the writers, not only did he retweet it, but then he posted a separate tweet where he took a screen grab from the review just to point out a cool segment of what Brandon wrote to share with his followers. And Brandon just texted me freaking out with joy because he posted this thing about something he loves and one of the creators of it just shared it. And that passion, that joy, like that's what I want to bring to you guys. I want to connect you guys to the people you love. I want to connect you guys to the creators that inspire you. So whether it's bringing them to the site for interviews and and doing Q&As based on questions you guys send in, whether it's getting you guys to write open letters or essays or things aimed at those that you admire or those whose brains you'd like to pick. You know, this sort of two-way street where you guys get to say something and the creators respond to it, like, I want Revenge of the Fans to be that. And right now, like I've got goosebumps because I can only imagine how amazing Brandon feels right now. The tweets he's, the, the text he's sending me right now make all of this worth it. The tweet, the, the text he's sending me now about how ecstatic he is that Jeremy Adams has singled out his review and is spotlighting it. Like, this is why I do these 35-hour weeks to this site, even though I'm not really making any notable money on it right now. This is why I do this. So it's kind of perfect that this is happening live on the spot while I'm doing today's podcast. Um, Let me think. You know, I I really am just sort of, I'm just scraping the bottle here, the, the, the barrel, to figure out what to talk to you about, because... You know, there's not a lot in the way of news this week. It's kind of on the quiet, and I covered all of the news on the Revengers podcast, and in terms of, like, big overarching topics, you know, I I spoke about the firing of Zack Snyder on Monday, and, you know, but, like, I I really got everything I needed to say about that, you know, out in that moment, but you know what I can say now? You know, I guess on that subject, as we're sort of finally, you know, moving beyond the Justice League thing, and I feel like we're slowly moving in a, you know, in a direction where DCU is ready to turn the page. You know, I've been saying for a while, fans need to turn the page. And those people who are waiting for the Snyder Cut, listen, I hear you, I feel you, but it's not going to happen. And while I've outlined several reasons for why it's not going to happen— You need to understand that the main reason, and I'm actually going to write something about this on the site, probably for tomorrow's, you know, slate of stories. The main reason that you are not going to get a Snyder Cut is because you are a hardcore fan and Warner Brothers knows you're going to show up anyway. As pissed off as you are about what happened with Justice League, you love D.C., Unless you're a hardcore Snyder fanatic, then, you know, maybe, you know, that's a separate issue for you. Maybe you feel strongly enough. But then if that's the case, then you are just a tiny fraction of the DC fan base. Because already I'm seeing it. There are people who have been tweeting angrily about Justice League for weeks and months, and yet they're saying that they're going to be there for Aquaman. They're saying, oh, well, we're still going to support Aquaman, you know, it's Jason Momoa, and it's James Wan, and, and you know, we, we believe in this, and Jason Momoa M- 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 is Zach's boy, you know, Zach cast, you know, Jason Momoa for Aquaman, and it's going to be, you know, sort of the, the following the blueprint that Zack Snyder created, so we're going to be there on day one, and I'm like, well, then that is exactly the reason, I hate to put it that way, But that's why Warner Brothers shrugs off this campaign for the Snyder Cut, because they're getting your money. General audiences don't care about the Snyder Cut thing. General audiences have moved on from Justice League. So that's what I've been saying for basically years, by the way, predating Justice League. And it also, I included it in that Dear Fandom open letter that I published on day one of Revenge of the Fans. I've been telling you for a while that you hardcore fans, the studios don't really necessarily care what you have to say because they know they're going to get your dollars. They're focused on the general public. So their main focus now is marketing an amazing Aquaman movie. And speaking of which, if we're getting a trailer soon, that says a lot about their confidence in this film. Because when I was speaking to insiders around Justice League, it seemed like, they, you know, they wanted to kind of go into radio silence for a while. You know, they told me that there were going to be some big sort of news items and announcements in January, which there were, by the way. So that panned out. But they said in terms of promoting movies and talking about, you know, the future, they said, you know, a lot of it was going to happen around Comic-Con. And here we are in mid-February, and you have the composer for Aquaman saying that he's already working on the on the score for the trailer, and, you know, that's usually one of the final st- steps towards releasing a trailer. So, if they're really going to be releasing this thing, let's say, you know, end of February or somewhere in March, which is a good, oh, nine months before the movie... That must mean that James Wan has created something that the studio is in love with and they think it's going to be a nice palate cleanser. They think, well, you know, what a better way to get to wash the so-so taste of Justice League out of people's mouths than with this awesome looking movie, which will now get people talking positively about DC again. So I'm telling you right now, this bodes extremely well. The fact that they are expediting the marketing for Aquaman, I think, you know, if you're a DC fan, that is nothing but good news. That is nothing but something to be excited about because if they weren't sure about this puppy, they would not be promoting it just yet because they're still sort of smarting from all the different lessons and things they learned from Justice League. And they very easily could have waited until spring or even summer to spring any Aquaman promotional activity, uh, promotional materials towards us, so I think this bodes extremely well, and longtime listeners of the show, you know how I feel about James Wan, you know, I've loved his horror movies, I thought he did a great job with Furious 7, I think he's someone who's very good at like pinpointing, what's my audience, what do they like, and what is, it, what is it that I could bring that heightens and maybe, you know, um, elevates what it is that they like? And I think he's going to do an amazing job with Aquaman. And this news about the trailer possibly landing soon, that really just, you know, th- that kind of further confirms my positive feelings about James Wan and this movie. And it warms my heart. That even the fans who were so hurt by what happened with Zack Snyder and Justice League, even you know, the, the ones who were signing the petitions and the ones who believe so strongly in this cause. And and trust me, I'm with you. I, I want to see a Snyder cut also. You know, it, it warms my heart though that these people who are going through this are already getting excited for Aquaman. I already started seeing it, you know, in, in just the coverage of the fact that the trailer's coming soon. There are people who are already like, okay, I'm going to be there on day one. So here's hoping that Aquaman ultimately helps heal the wound of Justice League. It brings the fandom together. You know, if the hardcore Snyder fans decide that they're going to boycott future DCU movies, then, you know, that's on them. And I, I, you know, I feel sympathy for them because clearly it must hurt them so much that they would even be willing to consider that. But for the rest of us, you know, I love the open mind and the uniting factor here of we do love these heroes. We do want to see them thrive. We want to see them soar. And, you know, like I said, they're going to make these movies. We're going to be there on day one. And that's why we're not going to get a Snyder Cut. Because it's, you know, it's just not worth the backlash. It's not worth all of the possible negatives and, and negative energy that would come out of releasing it, because then it would shine a huge spotlight on what went wrong under the previous regime. It would make the studio look terrible, and it would then now put negative attention on Aquaman, because now everyone's going to be looking to Aquaman like, oh, is the same thing happening to James Wan? Are they still a mess? They want to end this conversation. Releasing the Snyder Cut would only exacerbate it. It would only make it a million times worse. So, you know, that's kind of all I have to say on that And it's kind of the only real sort of fanboy thing on my mind this week. You know, right now for this episode, I really just wanted to take some time to thank you guys for an incredible first year of the El Fanboy podcast. An unbelievable first month of Revenge of the Fans. And um, that's it. Just thank you. Gracias. This is unbelievable. All right. So uh, I'm going to go pick up my son from school. And I'm gonna write a piece for the site today. You know, since it is also Valentine's Day, uh, I'm writing a piece about you know top five unconventional love stories for you guys to check out today. For those of you who are perhaps single or going through whatever, you know, Valentine's Day could be a very interesting holiday for certain people. So I'm writing a list of unconventional love stories for you guys to check out. And um, then I'm going to get to go out and have a nice Valentine's Day dinner with my beautiful babies and my incredible wife, who I know I said earlier that she looks at me like I'm crazy, but she is very supportive of this. She just hopes it turns into something that could, you know, become profitable and successful for me to kind of help, you know, warrant all of this work that I'm pouring into it. But she's been wonderful. You know, when I record the Revengers podcast on, on Monday nights, like, you know, she has to barricade herself in our bedroom and she stuffs her fleece bathrobe under the door to sort of soundproof it because I can be pretty loud. What can I say? I'm Cuban in Puerto Rican. I get loud. Now, when I'm talking to Brett and Vanessa, it, you know, it can get a little rowdy in here. And, you know, she just she, she, she works around me and she tries to give me the space and the time I need to to do this, to spark the fire, she, she just, she helps inspire, and, and I guess, you know, one last thing I'll say, and, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to mention this, but, you know, a part of me has been trying to figure out another career, something else I can do, because, you know, I've been a DJ and a master of ceremonies for private events here in the New York tri-state area for, this is my 16th year, and it's a lot of fun, you know, I basically get paid to be the life of the party, and that's great, Uh, but you know, I'm 34 and I don't want to end up being like the over the hill 45 year old DJ who like, why is he doing a sweet 16 with a toupee on? You know, I don't want to be that guy in 10 years. So I've been looking at like, you know, what should I do next? Where should I go from here? And I've been brainstorming all kinds of like, quote unquote, serious jobs, nine to five jobs that'll give me pensions and and proper retirements and benefits. And my wife is so incredible that even though that would probably benefit her for me to have a more stable job, because, you know, the DJ thing is amazing and it, you know, it's, it's lucrative and it's exciting, but it's also, you know, you can't count on it. It's all about, you know, every given year, it's about how many people referred me, how many past clients are coming back, which companies are still keeping me in their Rolodex and sending me events. You know, I can't count on the fact that I will have a bunch of work each week or each month or each year. It's all just based on positive energy generated by my work. But, you know, that could all run out one day. And... You know you'd think she would be jumping up and down chomping at the bit for me to get something that's a little more reliable so that when I do have quiet spells where there aren't many parties we're not stressing about you know when is my next paycheck coming in um, but for you know, to her credit you know she's a school teacher and she teaches special ed in the Bronx which makes her an angel in her own right but you know she provides a lot of stability for myself to be able to pursue these things she provides a lot of stability so that me and the kids, are taken care of during the week. You know, she, she's the one who, you know, through her, we get our health benefits and through her, you know, she has that steady department of education paycheck, which is why, you know, even when, if there's a month where I only have like two events, I know we'll be okay. Cause she's my rock and she's my backbone. And, you know, you'd think she'd be really wanting for me to go get something that's a little more reliable, but, When I talk to her about different sort of nine to five type day jobs, she actually says like, she's worried for me. She's like, but you don't love those things. You love the El Fanboy podcast. You love Revenge of the Fans. So why not pour yourself into that and make this as successful as it can be? And then you don't have to worry about needing a day job because now your site is, is your day job, and it's something you love, and, you know, I know she's not even going to hear this, because she has not listened to the podcast, because she hears me rant all day anyway, so what does she need to listen to a podcast for, but she's an incredible woman, and on this Valentine's Day, you know, I want to honor her, and and share my love for her, because it's, you know, without her, like, yeah you know, I've been thanking all these different people, but without her as my rock as my backbone as the sense of stability in my life which is all about you know i creating freelance opportunities for myself you know she is the one constant and the fact that rather than tell me to run away from this sort of stuff and to find a real job quote unquote she actually tells me forget about the real jobs this is what you love turn this into something so uh Kristen, you're not even listening to this, but I love you more than I can ever possibly uh express to you and thank you for this. Um But okay, I'm going to be late. I have to go pick up Sebastian. So everyone, thank you for listening. I'm sorry this was light on uh geek fanboy stuff. It was more just a love letter to you and to this year that we've had. Uh I hope you got something out of this. Um Until next week, adios.